0: Chapter 16 I said, this is Texas. They can't know who's carrying, right? So that's one reason they won't want to make a public scene. Mallory said, everyone's carrying. I've got mine in the truck, but Dad doesn't go anywhere without his. Dave said, Smith and Wesson, shorty-forty, right here. He lifted his shirt and showed me the butt of a pistol behind his hip. I said, we're a little low on firepower compared to what I'm expecting these clowns to have, but we can be more accurate, and there are other ways to even it up. We need to choose our ground, and I don't want to lead them to your place, but maybe there's a spot that you can think of. Mallory said, Poppy Canyon. She looked at her father. If we can get them bottlenecked in there, we'll pick them off from higher ground. No way they can get out. Dave said, if they don't know the place, if they do, they won't fall for it. What's Poppy Canyon? Mallory said, down on 118. Part of the road dips into a place everyone calls Poppy Canyon. No lateral movement, only cliff faces vertically on either side. Lead vehicle blocks, trailing vehicle locks. I said, worth a try. No reason to believe they're from here. Probably brought in from somewhere else. Mallory said, San Antonio or Fort Worth. If they're gangbangers. Elena said, "or Mexico. Dave said, No doubt they bring these guys in to do a hit, then run them back across to Mexico. Cartels are organized here. I said, Mallory, you keep a jerry can in the Bronco with spare gas just in case? She nodded. Yes, I do. I said, of course you do. Finish up your Cokes. I drained my bottle of Coke. They all looked at me for a moment, then tipped their own bottles. Dave said, Jesus Christ. I got up from the table and gathered the bottles together, stuck all four fingers of my right hand into the little mouths of four empty glass Coke bottles. I said, I'm going to do a little DIY job. Won't take more than ten minutes. Why don't you guys go order dessert and coffee? I'll wait for you in the rental. I looked at Elena. She goes with you in the Bronco. I jerked my thumb to the back, where the bathrooms and the kitchen were. And you go out the back, through the kitchen. Nice and easy. No one's going to stop you. I'll clear the back door and pick you up at the Bronco. Dave said, And what if it all goes haywire? I'll find you. Mallory slid the keys to the Bronco across the table. She said, Take a right, down by the movie theater. I pocketed her keys and said, These will be on the rear left tire. Mallory nodded. Got it. Dave slid a Zippo over. That went into my jeans as well. Elena said, Should we order you dessert? Black Forest cake to go, if they've got it. I walked out. The Toyota pickup truck was gone. I looked over to where the GMC sports utility vehicle had been, other side of a thoroughfare lane. Also gone. Which meant what? They had repositioned. I scanned the parking lot. The cars had thinned out some. Peak shopping time was over, with peak movie time replacing it. First stop was the rental. I approached cautiously. I approached cautiously. People were parking and getting out of their cars or doing the opposite, getting in their cars and driving away. Not some kind of rush hour, more of a steady and relaxed early evening feeling. The night was hot, but a whole lot cooler than the murderous heat of the day. I couldn't see anyone watching the rental car, which did not mean they weren't. But I was also beyond caring about it. The situation was going in the other direction now. No more defensive action. Worrying about what the enemy was doing. I was going to bring the war right to them. Felt pretty good. And put a spring in my step. My backpack was in the trunk of the Ford. So was the dirty white t-shirt I'd replaced at Walmart. I dumped my stuff out of the backpack. There was not much in there to begin with. Toothbrushes. Little tube of toothpaste, a Gore-Tex jacket for the rain, extra t-shirt, underwear, and socks. My life in a bag. I put the Coke bottles in, threw the roll of duct tape after them. Then I used the folding knife to tear off strips of the t-shirt. Four long lengths of torn cotton rag went in the backpack. I leaned into the passenger seat side at the front, took out the homemade cue ball sap from the glove compartment. The cue ball part of it fit perfectly in my front bucket, the ball bulging, and the handle stuck out a little for easy access. Good to go. The Bronco was parked by the movie theater. People on foot were choosing the narrower feeder lanes, which crossed thoroughfare lanes with two-way vehicular traffic. It was definitely movie time. Moms and dads were walking alongside kids licking ice cream cones, finishing up buckets of popcorn coming back from the movie to the family car, eyes wide from the spectacle and the sugar. Other family units were walking in the other direction, key fobs beeping, small children swinging between parents, dads carrying tired little toddlers. Groups of friends locked up their cars and moved towards the multiplex. The scene could have been from a propaganda movie about America. The only thing missing was a squad of cheerleaders riding in the back seat of a convertible Mustang. Mallory's key unlocked the back of the Bronco. She had two five-gallon jerry cans in there, set into steel brackets. I put down my backpack, removed the Coke bottles and lined them up, looked around to make sure that nobody was watching. I screwed the spout into the mouth of the jerry can, and filled the glass bottles three-quarters up with gasoline. Not a drop spilled. I stuffed cotton strips into the bottles, making sure the rags fit tight into the openings, so the gas wouldn't leak too badly. Then tore off four strips of duct tape and used them to seal the Coke bottle mouths, leaving enough room for the cotton strips to come out. Now I had four small Molotov cocktails standing on the lip of the Bronco's tailgate. Two rows of two bottles, stinking of gasoline, but not in danger of spilling. I taped two of the bottles together and braided the cotton strips into a single wick. Did the same for the other two bottles. Now I had two decent petrol bombs that could do some damage. The firepower issue was leveled up, to some degree. I packed the bombs into my backpack, locked the Bronco, and put the keys on top of the left rear tire under the wheel well. I walked back to the Ford rental, thought about Black Forest cake. If it was in a to-go box, I wouldn't get the ice cream, which was okay. Nobody was following me. I did not see the Toyota pickup or the GMC sports utility vehicle. The big lit-up sign from the movie theater bounced off glossy car paint and was absorbed into the black asphalt. On the other side, the gas station was brilliantly lit. Red, white, and blue colors spilled out of the wraparound roof sign. Stark white light from halogens lit the pumps below. I turned the key in the ignition. The engine turned over. I moved the Ford out of the parking spot Left along a row of cars, then another left down a feeder lane toward the restaurant. Right along the thoroughfare, then left around the Texas Roadhouse. No sign of the Sucarios and Sicarias in either of their vehicles. The back side of the restaurant had a fenced-in yard for the waste bins. I cruised past in one of the feeder lanes. Two parking lanes over from the restaurant. No evident watchers. I came back around and parked, about a hundred yards away. A couple minutes later, I saw Mallory, Elena, and Dave come out from the back. I let them go for a while, watching to see if anyone was paying attention to them. I backed the ford out of the spot, into the feeder lane, and followed the slight descent of the asphalt parking lot toward the movie complex where Mallory had parked the Bronco. I could still see their heads bobbing up and down, on the other side of the parked cars. I got to a wide thoroughfare lane and paused at the stop sign to let a family minivan pass. Two small faces looked at me from the back seat of the minivan. A windowed decal said, Mom, even when they're wrong, they're right. I crossed the thoroughfare and continued down the feeder lane. The cinema complex was immediately in front of me. To the left, the Walmart store. 200 yards away. To the right, the exit to the street. Maybe 300 yards. I scanned for my friends, having lost sight of them at the stop sign. Then I caught a glimpse of Elena. She had turned to look around behind her. I thought maybe she'd looked at me, but then she turned away again. At that moment, a vehicle sped out of an empty parking spot just in front of me, and I hit the brakes reflexively. It was the GMC Sports Utility Vehicle with the smoked windows. They had come through an empty couple of spots. I looked in the rear view and saw the silhouette of a Toyota pickup truck with roof lights making it look like an evil rabbit. They had cut me off from the front, penned in from the back.